0: ready to play fantasy. I know I turned two in that day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The ex-fipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points man Then what's it worth I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it Turn two. Turn two. two. what it's doing
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Turn 2 Podcast brought to you by RotoFanatic.com. I'm your host Matt Williams. You can find me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Joining me as always is my co-host Mr. Brian Seymour as we continue on our our ADP breakdown of starting pitchers.
2: Yeah, how you doing man? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, We're getting, man, just over two weeks away. And this is leading me into my as weird as this may sound to some people, it's leading me into my favorite time of year because weirdly I enjoy like kind of the off-season preparation, the off-season talk almost more than in-season stuff. And I think it's because just of the kind of leagues I like to do, you know, doing draft and holds and best balls and stuff like that. But we're heading into the time that I'm I really like in this player evaluation. That's why I'm glad that we have been doing This series, taking a look back at the 2021 ADP So, yeah, looking forward to this group of pitchers we got today It's a very interesting one
1: Yeah, this is the most interesting show I think we've done so far of the series It's the third of the series For anyone uh, who hasn't been following along the last couple of episodes Me and Brian have used the uh, NFBC preseason ADP from main event leagues And we've been going through uh, right in order And breaking down how the pitchers did and uh, if they, you know, return value And how we value them going into next season So uh, a little bit of uh, information for this year And a lot of information for next year And right now we are up to 60 Or is that where we are right now? We did 20 and 20? Or
2: uh, yes. or 20 and 20? About- are we a,
1: so we're at 40 right now?
2: This would be 41 Yeah, 41? number 41 Okay, so we, we've gone through like
1: most of the studs And now we are getting into a lot of the late round value picks And this 40... Uh, To 60 range has like a pretty Pretty crazy amount of talent in there Uh, The many of them will jump up into the the top 20 starting pitchers next year So uh, let's just dive right into it again if you want to follow along This is the NFBC ADP main event um, The main event ADP uh, 41 and to 60 that we'll probably be getting to Today so starting right off is um, Sixto Sanchez which Impossible to value uh You know the fact that he did not pitch at all He had a he has an immense pedigree uh In the minor leagues, but he has always had A background of injury issues It looked like last year when he came up out of the blue That it, and everyone's saying oh wow the Marlins Just killed the Phillies in that JT Romuto trade uh, Maybe not so fast Uh, You know the the players they got back all of a sudden maybe aren't looking as Fantastic as they once thought so Sixto Sanchez the big thing here is We know what he's capable of um, you know when healthy he had a lot of Setbacks this year again the the Marlins had no real reason to push it though And they have a lot of arms I mean a lot of arms And they continue to acquire them like we talked about Jesus Lazaro already so I hate to I don't like drafting rookies um, especially early. So I had no shares this year. He was going. I mean, this ADP 41 is pretty early for me, um, for for where he was going. And uh to, to be injured all season after already having an injury history. I mean, he'll he'll probably be marked off my lists. He would have to be like taken so late, which he could be. Um, so what are your thoughts, uh, Brian? What is your prediction on his likely ceiling going forward? Because I mean, it's not like he, he's a guy with a limited arsenal that is a risk of going to the bullpen. That's not it. Uh, it's just, you right. know, you just have to worry about him being on a, a team that is not necessarily um, in a position to have to force him through to push through these kind of injuries. They're going to take it very slow. And um, yeah. just kind of what you what do you think of him going into next year?
2: Yeah, so he was going on average in round nine in the NFBC main event drafts. Which, yeah, I, I'm right with you. I had no shares of him at all, and not that I didn't like the skill set or the situation, because the Marlins are suddenly like the new Indians or something. I guess as far as just churning out pitchers, but um, they they go yeah. you go there. They give you a change up, and they let you they let you loose. <laughs> That's right. That's pretty much it. So <laughs> I'm I've got to cross him off my board for next year. I mean, this was a shoulder injury. It, this is serious stuff. Do you I was trying to look into some things I mean like do we even have an idea of what any Kind of timetable would be I mean No I mean
1: honestly we didn't have a Timetable before the season In season people thought he'd come back early and then he wasn't Coming back early and then it was a question mark and all Of a sudden he shut down so Yeah yeah. I mean to give Everyone an idea I mean we'll actually Maybe do a callback to this throughout the episode Because so many of the guys I mentioned We're going to talk about today But I just wrote an article for NBC Sports Edge where I use some elite parameters for plate discipline to try to narrow down Pitchers that have been fantastic in the second half and basically um, You know, I implore you to go read it. It's it's pinned in my profile on twitter But um, to long story short, I I basically take the took a look at Pitchers that were above the league average in o swing better than league Average in z contact which that's chases outside of the zone and contact Within the zone and then you also have to be above average and swinging strike Percentage and at least over 20 percent And K-Walk, which their league average is 14 So I set the bar pretty high there And there was a lot of interesting names But we're talking about Sixto Sanchez here Who in 2020, again, small sample size 38.7% O-swing League average is 30.6 I mean, that's elite Um, The Z-contact is 83.1 A little under the league average, which is good You want to be under on that one And a swing strike uh, strike percentage of 12.8 I mean Everything you wanted to kind of see out of, uh, out of someone, this is, what, this is what you're looking for And he was just really, really fantastic That being said, you have all those metrics Strikeout percentage was still only 20.9%, which is actually like really low Not that it was right. ever that high in the minor leagues But with that, those kind of metrics that I just listed in plate discipline, you'd actually expect better so, I mean, there was a reason I was off of him last year. I mean, again, injury prone, high ADP, thirteen point nine percent K minus walk, which is below league average. It, it's there's there even if he was healthy, I didn't think he was going to return value. So, yeah, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, like you said, we're both off of him, but yeah, I uh, I see no reason to invest here unless the entire the entire uh, you know industry, the entire uh, player. Manager pool is is punting on him, and I would have to think there's at least one person in each draft that's going to reach for him a little too high.
2: I think you're right. Yeah, just you know, having hope. And there seems to be a weird, also a thing where like guys coming back from injury seem to actually be uh, weirdly like pushed up draft boards. And there's a guy on this list. There's actually two guys on this list. We're going to get to that. I heavily thought that about last year, but yeah, I'm going to be totally out on them. So. It I you know young kid can't wait for him to come back and really see the skills, but I'll be out on him next year.
1: All right, the very next pitcher is another guy who was uh, had a had an injury history that I was completely out on, and of course, uh, you know I couldn't have been more wrong. I wasn't <laughs> alone. Uh, Shohei Otani. Were you? Well, let's just cut right to it, Brian. Were you in or out on Otani? Because I was one hundred percent out. <laughs> I didn't even consider drafting him. That's on me. Um, I I thought that there was a chance that he may not even pitch this year. I thought with his injury history, they might just let him hit and let his arm. Like, maybe they wouldn't let him pitch again ever. <laughs> you know, like, maybe they just, like, take their investment right. and just let him hit. Uh, again, I couldn't have been more wrong.
2: Totally as wrong as you. I have no shares of him. And I'll be honest with you. It isn't even just that. I mean, yeah, that's a part of it. And I I, I Same as you. I, I I was saying it myself. I was like, just let the guy play just let him hit i mean like let's not worry about the pitching stuff but obviously a season for the ages that'll probably never be duplicated i think even by him ever again i mean this is insane um and frankly part of my i guess you would say um what's the word i'm looking for just kind of being stupid about not not really looking at like the different settings and different platforms about how you can deploy Otani you know what I mean and in the NFPC you can use him as a utility or pitcher but you have to actually choose Um, obviously this is a first round pick next year uh, and it's going to be mainly for the offensive prowess the guy has 44 home runs Um, however he's at 115 innings pitch this year and very good innings so I, I don't know I mean What are you – this is such a weird one. I mean, I don't even know where to go with this because of the fact that he's a hitter also. But are you going to be taking him in the first round next year?
1: Um, I mean, as a hitter alone, you have to. I think Mm -hmm. it's funny. They always – people want to – this is the thing. People – are talking about the MVP race a lot And again I, I put out a tweet that again Everything I put out there is controversial for some reason No one can just take it for what it is I, I opened up by basically saying Or I, you know what So many people comment on it I can read it word for word uh, For everybody right now uh, Let me Because everyone again is complaining about it um, One side or the other This is the full tweet verbatim I am a full believer That the AL MVP should unanimously Be handed to Shohei Otani that's how I open it. That being said, I wish the voters would get together for dinner and rig this thing to come out as a tie with Vlad. If there was ever a year for co MVPs, this is the year. And of course, I got people going, know oh, you're crazy, Otani. Of course, you get it." I mean, my first, a the first thing I said was, "I'm a full believer that the MVP should be unanimously handed to Otani." I have been saying it all year. I literally have been on the leading the bandwagon since week two. Um, all I'm saying is that. If Shohei Otani is healthy, he will win the MVP every year until he is retired. That's a fact. Right. Um, it's it's unfair to a degree, but again, no one's doing what he's doing. So it's unfair to not give him the award. It's almost like there should be co-MVPs for as long as he's healthy. Because if he is healthy, what he's doing is so valuable. He not only is he a, a, a elite hitter, he's an elite pitcher that also saves his team a roster spot because he is a hitter. And a pitcher that will save the roster But he gives them an extra one So right. um, everything he does is, is amazing um, That being said, Vladimir Jr. may get the triple crown It's unfair for him because he obviously doesn't pitch No one pitches that hits that well um, But everyone always brings up Otani's um, home runs His batting average versus uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s home runs Batting average and RBIs And then they bring up Otani's pitching well people and this is a long very long way of me saying people never bring up his stolen bases yeah. um, which for fantasy purposes he has 23 I mean he's, he has a 360 on base A 257 batting average with 44 Home runs but he has 23 Stolen bases so Yeah even if he didn't pitch at all He would be actually at the top uh, Of the MVP voting he, If he was just a hitter he would lose to Vlad But you know pitching aside He, he obviously should and will win um, But in, yeah in Fantasy hitter alone yeah, 44 home runs 91 runs 23 stolen bases that's uh that's bananas and uh it depend- I mean if you were guaranteed that he is a top three pick right right I mean, I mean uh, yeah. without a Acu- top well Acuna, Acuna well no I'm just saying if you were guaranteed this exact production oh, uh, yeah. you would take him in the top three Acuna's knees we're not too sure about but he he'd be right up there at the top um, minimum um if you mix in starting pitchers he has to be a first rounder.
2: Yeah, I agree 100% definitely. And he's he's going to be he's going to be a top 5 pick next year probably. Um yeah, for me, I mean this falls into the category uh I mean I I don't see how he ever does anything like this again. I he can prove me wrong that's certainly fine. I probably on, you, will mean, not draft you mean you mean
1: are you talking about overall or hitting
2: both of these things combined I don't okay. think he can have this kind of season Ever again I mean he's at like eight Fangraphs war and like you said This is I, I totally agree with you about the Unanimous MVP because like you said How do you quantify saving a roster Spot also that is insane. Yeah, that's, I mean, so, like, yeah Some people are like put value. A win total
1: on that yeah, right. yeah people people are like oh That Vladimir Guerrero is leading his, his, his He's on a better team leading him to Victory a he's on a team of Superstars Um, yes. that's one MVP thing I always say I I don't Give as much to a winning team I do if you're like maybe barely making it And you are the overall superstar Which you can say Vlad is their star But I mean Marcus Simeon has been amazing oh And you also have Bo Bichette You have Tosca Hernandez You have Lords Guriel coming on at the end I mean there's a lot of people contributing to that team Being good Without Shohei Otani the Angels are like literally The worst team in baseball So yes. I, I think that people quantify value Very differently
2: Yeah, I'm totally with you on it, but as far as uh, his value for next year as a pitcher anyway, I mean, that's what's so weird. Like, we're talking about these guys as pitchers right now. Um, Obviously, he shouldn't be a first-round pitcher, but you're using him for his offense. So uh, his name, I guess, will maybe come up again when we talk about hitters, even though he'd be like util, but um,
1: (laughs) it's going to be interesting. You know what's funny? We talked a lot about hitting. This is a pitching show. Um, Where would you value him pitcher only? Because... Um, yeah, we we said you know he does, he still has the maybe you can still back your mind worry about his arm. That's probably always going to be somewhat of an issue. And the way they use him, he's nowhere are going to get anywhere near the amount of innings that other pitchers are going to. That being said, you said earlier, I mean he he has a twenty eight point eight strikeout percentage. Um, you know he has he has that three three six ERA. He has everything you want, all the ratios, the strikeouts for the amount of innings he's giving you. So. Let's just say you you bank on him giving you the exact innings that you know he's going to give you. Where what is that? Where how much is that worth to you?
2: Yeah, I mean we've been looking at you know 130 innings or so at that point, and I mean that's certainly valuable in today's climate with pitchers. So um, I think with. Uh, I mean, you're looking at the 338 ERA and he's got the fifth and stuff like that to, to match it. I mean, it's certainly something valuable that I would take. I, I am just a guy who's probably never going to have Otani on any teams just because of there's just too much weirdness going on around it in terms of the fantasy way of deploying him. Um, so I will let everybody else have at that. But yeah, I I still have some concerns as far as the injury history with the arm and not knowing how they're going to use him. That that's where I would be if I knew that all he was going to be was a pitcher. That's what my take on it would be.
1: Um if he if he is a two way player and you're in a daily fantasy league, uh he is the best player by far. I would argue that he could probably he should probably be um removed from the league as an illegal right. player.
2: It's like a he, cheat code.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, here it comes down to is uh, to give everyone a, an idea. He is our forty second pitcher we're talking about. He is currently the thirty fourth pitcher off the board. Um, our thirty fourth overall pitcher on like the Ras Ball Player Raider, starting pitching. He's ahead of Trevor mm. Rogers. <laughs> he's ahead wow. of M- he's ahead of Wade Miley. <laughs> uh, that you know, he's ahead of uh, Sean Manea He's ahead of a lot of people. That's how that's how good he's been. Um, you know, he's also racked up nine wins Which wins have been hard to come by for some starting pitchers So that enters into it So, I mean, he has been worth his return on investment As a pitcher alone So, I mean, there is, there is that Just to give everyone an idea of Alright, how valuable has he been? That's how valuable he's been uh, But I think I am with you um, There's a lot going on with him that can go wrong Because he's pulling double duty He can hit if he can't pitch But if he gets injured pitching That's going to affect his hitting probably uh, so i don't know i i reserved a right to change my mind on this at all times but i'm probably yeah. not going to be drafting otani next year because there's i like to limit question marks early in the draft and he obviously is a big is a big question mark uh but yeah he's been worth every cent even as just a pitcher and which would people would argue that is his weaker point you know i guess laughably but you know he's he's been amazing uh moving on to the next pitcher is uh, zach Gallon. He has been um, interesting to say the yeah, least. I'm really
2: interested in your thoughts on this case. Yeah.
1: So I mean, he was going third round, mostly, or no? I mean, yeah, third round. I'd say third oh, round. No, sometimes, sometimes, end at- sometimes, end of second, right?
2: So early on, but early yeah, on. The, see, he had that hairline fracture. Yeah this um, yeah, this ADP is
1: that? yeah this ADP is flawed because main event leagues were at the end of spring. Um, yeah, so that's these what's so be- weird about this. Yeah, these were people drafting him injured. Uh, he was right. still being taken forty third or yeah forty third early it's on, round yeah, ten. Yeah, round which 10. which yeah. early on he was end of second, beginning of third round. Um, mm-hmm. and he had many issues this year, and he came back and he looked done, and uh, then he would leave come back and people were shocked they'd rush him back and then he would look bad and then he'd get injured and then he came back and he looked terrible again and then all of a sudden he kind of put it together (laughs) um he's not that he's been anything spectacular but uh over his last you know several starts uh at colorado he went seven innings uh seven shutout innings nine strikeouts then five innings two earned versus philly six strikeouts six innings three earned four versus uh, four strikeouts versus the Padres, six and two thirds, three earned eight strikeouts versus Texas. And then just versus the Dodgers, he only went five and a third, four earned four strikeouts, but that is the Dodgers. He hasn't been terrible, but he obviously hasn't been Zach Gallen. Mm-hmm. We we want to see off season reports to see how his health is coming coming along. I get the feeling that his ADP will probably be discounted enough where I will take a look. That um, This really depends on the market. Uh, if he is going to be going, I don't know. I mean, if he's going to be going around where like sunny gray is going to be valued, then I think I'll take, I can, I can maybe look at Zach, Zach gallon, but he would have to be, he'd have to be discounted fairly well. Um, I just, I, I, I'm not a doctor and I don't know. Exactly I mean this is a guy I need to do research on Because my entire thing is built upon Can he come back healthy Because I don't think there's any there's any doubt Of how strong or valuable he can be He was just never able to ramp up properly And get in a proper groove So it's hard to even take any of his Recent starts seriously You know what I mean We don't know yeah. if it's a matter of health Or it's just a matter of mindset So I, I don't really have a strong opinion on Gallon Right now if you made me choose I would say I'm probably out on him Uh, Because I would probably will talk myself into someone else because even in that middle area of pitchers, there's so many trendy guys. uh, And I can, I can easily talk myself into one of many pitchers, uh, none of which have maybe have an injury question mark like he does. So assuming that we don't get an immense amount of clarity, uh, I'm probably out on gallons.
2: This is one where we may differ a little bit. So this, this, like we said, this is a really interesting one. He had the hairline fracture from a bunting drill, which we were all pretty pissed about. Yeah. Because we're yeah, talking yeah. about the NLDH at the time. And, you know, it didn't, I don't think it's really obviously affecting him structurally in terms of his elbow for pitching or anything like that. So that is good. But then he also got hampered by, I believe it was like a hamstring, which this is the year of the hamstring apparently, but It's been a weird year. His strikeout and walk numbers have really kind of maintained the same. And, you know, again, he's been up and down as far as being on the IL, actually pitching. He's still amassed over 100 innings, luckily, this year. The numbers are a little bit off. The ERA is 444, so that's obviously not good. But the underlying stuff is almost in line with where he's been in years past. What I love about Zach Gallen, Is the pitch mix. And that gives this guy, in my opinion, a pretty high floor, which honestly also gives him a high ceiling because he could be capable of a lot having all these different types of pitches. I love guys that aren't just fireballers anymore and actually have a great pitch mix. And Zach Gallon is a pitcher. So I am still gonna be I'm gonna be intrigued with him at the price he's at. I think you're dead on with about that Sonny Gray area. I would be more interested in Gallon, I think, than Sonny Gray. Um, yeah, that's I don't know if he'll make it
1: there. I am with you. I think Um, to, yeah. if you can elaborate on this, I think my concern is just health. I don't have I don't, it's not mm-hmm. about skill. And it's it's just because he part of his value and a lot of his value was tied up in the fact that you could market in pen six, seven innings. He was giving it to you. um, right. And now this year, it's more like five, six innings. But I, I did mention those last ones since Colorado for a reason. In three of those five, he went seven innings, six innings, six and two thirds. That's actually the most important thing to me. And in those, those games, he racked up like nine strikeouts, eight strikeouts, and that's incredibly encouraging. So if uh, the second I see that, you know, he, you know, I research and see that he felt really good down the stretch. He was working on some things. Uh, maybe, he, you know, that he gets a couple more of these stretched out outings at the end of the year. I'll be right back on board. It's just there's just so many question marks that I just need to research and get answers to. It's just hard to give a definitive answer. So it's not that I disagree with you. It's that mm-hmm. I, I'm reserving my answer.
2: I think what it is for me is the injuries are a little bit more weird, sporadic, um, acute injuries. Mm-hmm. And he was so clean prior to this year. You know what I mean? There was really nothing to ever see so that's why i'm willing to i don't think it's biased i think it's just really looking at the situation i'm willing to give him a little bit of a pass you know and yeah. the same way that we were willing to give jack flarity no, it's a different situation but a bit of a pass the year prior with like weird covid stuff yeah i feel that way about gallon this year so we'll see i could be wrong on that i'm, I'm certainly going to exercise some caution i'm not going to just do all systems go on it but i am going to be intrigued with his price next year
1: yeah, it's funny. The more I talk, the more we talk about him. The more I think that I'll probably try to <laughs> acquire him. Um, it depends on the format, obviously. If you're going, if you're going like um, for uh, volume play, he is someone you obviously want to make sure you don't miss out on. Uh, if you're going for um, for our audience that is more of a limited season long, you have a couple of leagues, then you have to exercise more caution. But again, <laughs> this is we're September. We'll know. We'll know a lot more about Zach Gallon. Someone we know a lot about. Is tyler molly who was a a very popular sleeper pick last year Uh, Only 47 and two-thirds innings. He had a three five nine era Three eight eight FIP. He was able to pull a Twenty nine point nine percent strikeout rate, which is the thing that everyone pulled in still at a ten percent walk rate The hope was that he would be able to further hone his skills and uh, maybe drop that which he did and last year He had two fifty five babbitt. So there was Reason to think he would regress Ironically, that is exactly Kind of what happened He, he maintained his strikeout rate This, this Tyler Molly at 28.1 So I don't think anyone expected 30% So 28.1 is a win He he brought down his walk rate from 10.4 to 8.4 Not great But you can hope that maybe he comes even You know, he even becomes better He had a hiccup in the middle of the year Like he was strong going into the June 21st um, Sticky gate whatever we want to call it And <laughs> he, he appeared to have a little bit of issue after that Again nothing with spinry, But remember a lot of the people say that uh, And I, I've said this a lot before on the show A lot of people had issue not because of spin But a lot of pitchers just use Some kind of substance to get a little extra Grip on the ball uh, And it not, didn't necessarily help with spin but just grip And he looked like maybe he would he in The timing of his slump Maybe he was he lost a little bit of Command um, and he seems to maybe have come around on that, so that could have worked in his way into his walk rate. So again, K rate remained the same for Tyler Molly. Walk rate came down a little bit, ten four to eight four. Maybe you hope that improves further next year. Babbitt went up from two fifty five to two eighty eight, and so his ERA went up from three five nine to three seven three. It all seems to even out. Uh, FIP 388, 392 So he's kind of exactly the pitcher he was last year, <laughs> right. um, and. Um, and except, like, you know, his ground ball rate is now up to 41. Last year, only 29.3. Um, oddly enough, his home run per nine, 1.3 this year. Last year, 1.13. That actually is counterintuitive to an extreme amount, considering last year he had a 50% fly ball rate. So I like everything out of Tyler Molly this year. All the skills you like last year kind of transferred over. I think he had some weird hiccups, and there's some anomalies like him having the higher walk rate, but the higher home run rate. I will be very in on him next year. I think he'll be someone that doesn't get um, at least early on. I think he may not get priced properly with a lot of people jumping ahead of him that have like more exciting narratives. People will look at like you know the the high three zra and maybe think he doesn't quite belong in the elite of the elite. But for anyone who thought he was taking a step forward last year, uh, I'm more encouraged, encouraged this year that he'll take even another step forward. So I love Tyler Molly and I think he'll be one of my more popular guys that I'll pick up next year.
2: I love him too. And I am really intrigued by what that market will be, because as you were talking, I was actually thinking that maybe, you know, he, like you said, he was really hot coming into this year. He was a hot name. I have literally, I think 40% of him on my roster. So I'm elated with this year. Um, We're going to get over 170 innings. I mean, really, I think my only concern might've just been how much he pitched. So looking really good i um, doing it in great American small park. I like the strikeout numbers and everything, but I think you might be right. I think that, you know, it's, it's funny to go from offseason to offseason because last year, Molly was a name. He was one of those guys that was going to, that everybody was on, but I think you're right. There might be some other people with way more exciting narratives behind him that people are hot on this year. And again, same thing that high three ZRA, he still is in Cincinnati. I like him a lot. I like the safety here. I like the innings here. I like the strikeouts. I'm all about it. So, yeah, let's see where that price comes out. But I think I'd be willing to just stick with him, you know, if, if he's going in kind of a boring range and people aren't really that amped on him this year. So, yeah, yeah. I'm totally with you.
1: You know, one thing that I like the most is where he's probably going to go. And I could be wrong. Maybe there's other people they are going to talk him up. And, you know, it's just a matter of it just takes one big name to, to hype him. But um, I believe his numbers this year, like, uh, let me go back to them. His his numbers are three, seven. 3 ERA, 188 hmm. strikeouts, 159 in a third innings. I think that's his floor. Uh I don't expect him to regress. Oh. I I think well, floor. I mean, obj, you know, I guess that's maybe not the word cuz he could always something could you happen. Could
2: expect this again.
1: Uh, yes, I think this is a safe expectation Um, When you take him, I would expect there's a lot more ceiling than floor Like I think this is a lot closer to his floor than his ceiling So that's exactly the kind of picture you want to take Where um, I think he'll be drafted Um, I think he'll be drafted at his floor I don't think that uh, there'll be any helium like there was this year um, even though you can yeah. argue that you know that was the case, there was a lot of ceiling this year. Yes, but the the floor was an unknown. So you could argue that his value was in the middle. Where now I would say that his his value Is towards the bottom, where you are taking him at his floor, and that is the goal. So anyway, that's Tyler yep. Molly, uh, Marcus Stroman. I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. Um, career high strikeout rate ever since he came to the Mets in in um, twenty. 19, he started to strike out more batters intentionally, and his ground ball rate went down because he was intentionally trying to strike out more batters. It was over 60% since 2015. 64.1, 60.1, 62.1, 62.1. Very consistent. Comes to the Mets, 53.7. 2020 misses the season with an injury. 2021, ground ball rate down to 50.6. So he's trying to strike out more batters which is good for fantasy and he still has a 2.88 ERA best of his entire career with a 3.27 FIP best of his entire career so he had some hiccups after the June 21st as well i think for the more obvious reasons but he has been able to come around and um and kind of salvage that and he's been the most consistent pitcher on the mets so he was an immense steal this year. I don't know what the deal yeah. with his ADP was. Um, so I think that uh, you know, I don't think we'll see that again. So I think, I think people know what Stroman is. It's just a matter of how seriously are they going to take him because this year was like laughable. I don't know why he was going this late. I, I talk about floor. He was being drafted below his floor. Um, so what do you think of Strowman? Uh, because. There, I don't. There's no growth here. Um, 22% strikeout rate. I, I find it hard to believe he could top that. His K on his walk is pretty much always going to be league average. Uh, this year, he's a little above. He's usually well below. Um, just what, what is your feeling here? If, if anything, it looks likely that he'll regress from pretty much career best across the board. But I wouldn't bet against him. Just kind of repeating what we are seeing.
2: I'm almost certain his draft position was just due to the didn't pitch in the COVID season. Uh, Mm -hmm. 2020 didn't pitch at all. So I, I I mean, that's how I felt. I mean, I, I even felt like there were question marks too. I mean, maybe I could have looked into it even more to see how he was ramping up and stuff. But I think that was literally the sole reason for his price because uh, he's been, very consistent. So I think that there's going to be helium on him after this year. I don't know if it is, well, obviously, like you said, best career ERA, what he's actually doing on the field, but also just kind of people, his personality. And some people seem to like him. Um, He's a Met He's very out there, um, visually. I mean, you, you see him everywhere and stuff like that. So I think he's going to be a hot name. I think he'll probably move way up the charts. Obviously, he's not coming off a COVID shortened or a uh, you know a season that he skipped. He's coming off of one of the best seasons of his career. So I have a feeling he may get out of my price range. I, I don't know quite where he'll go. Do you think he could go the whole way up to, like, um? we've kind of pegged, like, this feels weird to say, but we've pegged like Aaron Nola and Lucas Giolito for like falling back into that I don't know maybe fourth round area after this year. Does, does he get that high, or am I smoking something here?
1: Um, I would think he'd be more appropriately priced in the Gray Gallon area, to be honest. Yeah, um, with that lack, so. with the lack of strikeouts, it depends on how sharp people are. Because there's one thing that we haven't talked about with Marcus Stroman, and it's something that people usually throw. Uh, towards Garrett Cole and uh, Sandy Alcantara types, uh, Lance Lynn, and that's innings He only has 169 innings, which may not jump out as something that we, you would think would automatically lead the league But he leads the league and games started No one has started more games than Marcus Stroman So far, this is Wednesday, September 15th Marcus Stroman has started 31 games, not even tied with anyone He has more games started than anyone in the league And that is uh, a tremendous thing to have on your team Someone that just takes the ball every day and goes out there And if he's going to give you these half-decent ratios Even if he regresses, I mean, great ratios this year But even if he regresses a little bit, that's really strong So it depends on your draft I feel like he'll be a person that moves a lot between drafts I mean, I think if he's taken in that gray-gallon area we're talking about This is Marcus Stroman, I think that is a steal Nice deal. I think it's appropriate. Um, If he's taken earlier than that, I think it's a reach, and you are taking him more towards his ceiling. Like I said a few times now, you want to take someone more towards their floor. I think if he's taken any higher than that, you're hoping on ceiling. I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm just saying that you kind of you have to have it hit, and that's a little early for me for a guy that I think has no strikeout upside. So yeah, I I think I'm I'm happy to take him. I'm happy to take him like, you know what, because I'm thinking of where that area we're talking about. That's kind of where Alcantara was going this year. It, it, I, I think he's destined to be overdrafted. The more I talk about it, I think he's destined to be
2: overdrafted. I think he will be. Yeah, if I were a betting man, which I kind of am, I would say <laughs> that uh, I would say his price is going to be inflated. So I don't see me probably being able to get to him too much.
1: Yeah, I, I think we'll agree on that Because, I mean, I'm a Mets fan And I'm really hoping they resign him I think that it's oh, yeah. a no-brainer That they need to try to get into the innings It's for as real baseball goes Um Fantastic pitcher but again we're Talking about fantasy where strikeouts really Matter um, and uh, You know we have to just, we, You know have to consider all things and yeah I think We agree I guess at this point he'll probably be overdrafted uh, <laughs> Another very interesting Pitcher in this name this group of interesting Pitchers Nelson Lamette, who Before any of his for sure Injury scares I mean everyone I guess in the quote unquote industry Was kind of worried about him he did have a cheering Section of sorts for some people But him being shut down with injury almost Seemed like a foregone Conclusion for most mm-hmm. And that's basically what we've gotten this year he's only Thrown 38 and two-thirds innings He's had flashes of Brilliance that you know that We have seen I mean he has a 26 point 27.6 percent strikeout rate but He's been walking a ton Of people like usual and he cannot Shake that those injury issues so Where are you at on De Nelson Lamet because <laughs> I mean I I know that he's going to be like pretty, I don't want to say free. He'll probably be close to free. Right. Um, All things considered next year in drafts, but I'm not sure if that's enough for me to be interested.
2: I'll be totally out on him again. It's just like, wait, wait. I mean, he, he has just suffered through so many catastrophic type injuries to his arm that, you know, there's, like you said, there's brilliant skill there. It'd be cool if he was able to ever stay healthy and put it together. But unfortunately I don't know that that's going to happen for him in his baseball lifetime, which kind of sucks. But um, yeah, I will not be interested at all. I assume maybe some people take some flyers on skills, but I definitely will not have him at all.
1: I mean, the, the, after all, an entire offseason of no word on him, the Padres right. as uh, the Padres as the regular season, you know, in spring training approached, uh, they just they announced that uh, he. Needed to get those PRP injections which of course Hardly ever work and everyone Assumed he needed surgery at some point but they were saying He didn't and he was going to need rest April 1st appropriately enough When talking about the Lamette, um, Went on the disabled list he came Off April 21st April 22nd back on With right forearm inflammation One day later oh. um, May 4th they activated him from the DL June 27th back on the the uh, The IL with right forearm inflammation and he was only activated again on september 1st so you're telling me after a whole off season of them being worried about forearm stuff he gets put on the the il twice and comes back in september 1st and how can you possibly be on him i mean just he just needs to have surgery you know he should have had it last as soon as last year ended he should have had it and we should be talking about him maybe coming back um, you know, in the, in the beginning of 2022, maybe coming back healthy and strong, but instead we're still sitting here, um, probably waiting for him to maybe have surgery this offseason. Yep.
2: Yeah. I, I'm not going to be in edit, you know, it, it would be his second Tommy John. And I think that's what some of the hesitance is because coming back from that could be, you know, just impossible. So I think that's what some of it was, but you know, for our purposes, either way, I definitely will not be in on him.
1: Uh, next picture on the list is very interesting Jose Urquidy He was a he was actually a very um, I keep saying this with probably a lot of these guys They were all very interesting popular picks Because of this area we're talking about If you're not proven and you're being drafted this early People are believing in you And in um, In 2020 He had that 273 ERA Which was alluring Only had a five one six K per nine, uh, and his his FIP was four seven one. His X FIP five three six. I think the kind of the writing was a little bit on the wall here for Urquidy, but there were still a lot of people that were kind of very much in on him uh, because you know in AAA he did have a he did have a strikeout rate that was a a, you know K per nine over twelve. in double A or in a double A 10.91 K per nine. So there was there was reason to believe that he would be able to up his strikeout rate a bit. Come this year, 7.65 K per nine, 351 ERA, perfectly fine, 391 FIP. He hasn't been a complete disaster by any means. Uh, but you know, only 84 and two-thirds innings because of injury reasons, but that was nothing you could have foreseen. So I would think that next year he could be. A nice little value based on people Forgetting about him I doubt anyone's going to go To the well one more time to tell right. People to draft him they'll still people he'll Be on people's radar I would think but He'll probably be going in where like Marcus Stroman was going this year um, which Is a guy you just add as Your I don't know sp6 You know maybe mm-hmm. um, you know Something like that where he's just going to go in there and Just give you some adequate Innings but I'm not Sure there's a ceiling well beyond that, I think he's just one of the better bets of those of those kind of pitchers.
2: Yeah, it's it, there's not going to be any excitement around him at all for sure. Just based on this shortened season. And uh, you know, the results really haven't been uh too too bad. I mean, it's mm-hmm. similar to that uh 2019 how he pitched. So yeah, um, I don't know if if he's like in flyer territory, I, I may be interested here because of people just forgetting about him. Certainly not somebody I'm targeting or jumping to or anything like that, but you know, he does play for the Astros, which is good. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on it here. I'm, I'm interested to see where he'll go and possibly could take him really late. If he's going that late.
1: It's funny. His best pitch this year. I mean, his forcing fastball is the one he uses the most. So that's the one he gets the most results with. So in case you're looking at P Val or anything like that, he throws the fastball 53, 54.3% of the time last season, 54.5. That's his main pitch. And then he works other pitches off of it. The big question mark is his changeup is definitely his second best pitch. Um, this year has a 17.5% swing strike rate. It's it's his best swing and miss pitch. It's only a 70.3 Z contact, which again, the league average is like 84 ish. Um, yet he continues to throw his slider, which is again, league average kind of across the board. It's still a little, it's still good for swinging strikes. But Overall, um, his best pitch is the changeup. And in 2020, when he had some success, he was throwing 54 and a half percent four seams, 20 and a half percent changeups. Um, now he's throwing that slider um, almost 10 percent more, 21.1 percent this year. I wish he would just kind of lean more into being that fastball changeup pitcher that we saw, and then working in um, the slider and changeup to you know tilt the, the the pitchers off off a little bit. Um, Again, small sample size It could have a lot to do with the kind of players And the teams that he's facing But on its face, it it looks like a simple pitch mix uh, alteration Could kind of give him that next gear That um, can give you that little bit of a ceiling You're hoping for if taking him in draft So I'd circle his name I think as someone, if you're going to be drafting early in the um, offseason As someone you could probably get at an extreme discount That could come back to give you a, a nice bit of value
2: and just to add in like that is one of those edges that and I'm glad you brought that up is like as we do not that people don't know this but if you're really serious about winning in this game and are highly invested in fantasy baseball that's one of the big things is reading the tea leaves as the offseason progresses and a guy like Ortiz like watching what he's doing um is he changing up the pitch mix what are we hearing out of camp so now, now you may not hear some of that till December January but Definitely something to look into with all these guys, and that's why I love Jeff Zimmerman's mining the news is like an absolute must-use tool, um, especially for me during the off season. So, so I want to shout that out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a um, it's, it's there's so much information out there. As someone who works for NBC, I'm always like kind of funneling for news myself and and reporting mm-hmm. it. So, uh, for anyone out there who obviously doesn't have like 40 hours a week to spend doing that. Uh articles like that are fantastic and they're definitely invaluable. Uh next guy, and we were talking about Jose Architi. Next up on our list is, is Corey Kluber, who you can't fault anyone for taking him. Um, you can't fault anyone for avoiding him. Uh, the you know, the injury did happen, uh, which you know kind of kind of ended his season. He did come back recently. He's been getting some strikeouts, the overall results. Haven't been great he's just he's just been kind of League average right uh, he's gonna Have like a four even era he's Got a 26% strike rate, 10% Walk rate. he's kind of like the world Definition of me um, But you know it's to be expected With the rust coming back in a division That hits pretty hard with pretty with Some very difficult stadiums to be in um, I was off this year completely Because there, there's a certain amount of Question marks build up I just erase your name It's just like I don't feel like thinking About you and Corey Kluber is obviously only added to that. So I will let you take the reins on this one because I'm not interested in any price because his name has been removed from my draft board.
2: Same as me. Yeah, he was uh, removed from me entirely. And here's a, here's one thing I'll say. I freaking love Corey Kluber. Um, loved watching him pitch all those years for the Indians. Kind of reminded me of Chris Carpenter, my personal favorite Cardinal pitcher of all time. Loved Corey Kluber, but yeah, once he goes to Texas, you know, he's 34, 35, has shoulder surgery, then goes to the Yankees of all situations. There was absolutely no way I was going to be drafting him. So I think the only thing you and I disagree on is I I do judge the people that thought it was okay to draft him last year. I don't really know where I don't I don't know. I don't see <laughs> well, what you well,
1: well. I should say this is we We're reading off one ADP list, and his True. ADP really, really varied. So I could see some. People like in best ball, depending on the roster construction you had, um, throwing a home run dart at someone. I I can get it because we've seen how good he can be. Um, again, it wasn't enough for me to even consider it, but there, I think there are worst picks, like anyone who took Danilson to Lamette in any round sure. you know what i mean i All think right. that was worse uh but you know I, I i get what you're saying and i i get your point of view and having that but i guess i'll give some people a pass because if he did well that wouldn't have shocked me um if danelson lamette yeah. was healthy that would have shocked me
2: <laughs> and we should have mentioned i should, probably should have mentioned too between those two guys now lamett's was far wider but the gap between between the min and max pick on both of them is pretty damn wide. So that kind of tells you the story there. So yeah, I will be out on Kluber again next year. It'd be cool if he could kind of tape together a couple nice years to kind of wind out his career, but I will not be involved.
1: Uh, that was uh, Corey Kluber. Next up on the list, uh, I have no idea how to value him is Aaron Savali. He <laughs> was much better than his numbers indicated 376 ERA, 447 FIP. He had a few bumps in the road. He was the first of the majors to ten wins. He's he's not a strikeout machine by any means. We all know that. Um, but you know, in 2020 he was at 22. This year is at 20%. He's gonna be another one of those like kind of league average, um, those league average K minus walk guys. Um, what intrigues me here is Marcus Stroman was healthy the entire year, and we're talking about him possibly being overvalued. I think these guys are damn near the same player in terms of fantasy production. Um, you have you have you know Savali's more in his career more like a forty five percent ground ball guy, and and Stroman early in his career was sixty. Now he's near the fifty percent mark. Um, but in terms of expected ERA, expected wins, innings, like he was he was throwing a lot of innings. I think Savali um, going into next year, I would expect very similar things out of Stroman, except I think Stroman will have a lot of helium behind his back. I don't know if this injury is going to hold back Savali, who was. Had his own sharing section in helium Going into this year So both guys, I want to see what the market thinks But uh, my gut feeling is Stroman Is overdrafted um, And that Aaron Savalle will be my favorite target Because I value them kind of similarly um, When I actually write them down On paper
2: Yeah, I am very intrigued At Savalle's price for next year Now I mentioned earlier that I was all in on Tyler Molly. I also was all in on Savalle Just to kind of rhyme things here But yeah, um there was a lot of helium with Aaron Savali too. And I think for good reason, you know, he showed some decent results in the past. He plays for the Indians, a common theme, but uh, yeah, it's been a questionable year. You know, we're not going to get a lot of innings out of him. Unfortunately, the results haven't quite been there. But um, yeah, I, I think that there's he, there's not going to be any sexy on his name for next year. So I don't know where he falls to. Um, this would indicate that he was going. I, this would have been about the 11th, 10th or 11th round or so in NFBC main event draft. So I think he falls. It sounds like you maybe agree with me there. I don't know. Who, why he would really shoot up again or anything. And again, that price he was going at was kind of helium. So I think he only falls going to next year. I'm going to be a little bit intrigued, especially because he's going to be a guy that kind of helped fill in your rotation. So we'll see. I'd like to hear some things over the offseason. I had high expectations for him this year that haven't really been lived up to. But So you're thinking he he does fall a little bit too?
1: Yeah, that's my assumption. Um, Just because I think when the vast majority of people look at his, uh, actual, look at, look at his actual, um, season end, um, surface stats. They don't exactly scream anything spectacular. No, <laughs> so I think no. that they, yeah, that will be, that will be a, a safe assumption that he'll take a little bit of a step back. So again, the, these are, these are guesses though. So we'll have to see, but I, I'm going to know
2: soon, we're going to yeah. know soon. Cause we're going to have like, uh, uh, two early mocks with Justin Mason. We're going to have, um, dc's going off in october so we're getting pretty close uh
1: the next uh, again that was um that was aaron savali the next up is frankie montas who i think as a pure pitcher no one will shoot up higher than him in this entire list we're going to talk about today with the exception of possibly freddie peralta who we'll get to in a little bit um spoiler alert Yeah, spoiler alert frankie montas though um He's probably the guy I'm most interested in. and a lot of it has to do with bias because I've been waiting on this for years. Uh, yeah. He went he got suspended a couple of years back for foreign substance, not sticky stuff like you know the kind you the kind you actually put in your body. And he had 2263 ERA in 2019, uh, 96 innings. he had a 26.1% strikeout rate. And everyone was kind of waiting for him to make this huge step forward In 2020, me included And then he had this back problem that didn't necessarily keep him out He pitched through it, which is maybe worse Because he was just bad and people started to throw him out there And then he ends the year with this massive six inning, 13 strikeout game Versus the Mariners, which kind of put everyone back on board Uh, And then he, in 2021, uh, he actually, in the preseason He had a, a problem with COVID He never really, truly Came back from that fully strong. We don't know how long that stuck with him, and then, boom! Um, he comes back, and he leans on. He he throws a sinker, which really isn't a fantastic pitch. Um, it, a, it doesn't sink <laughs> uh, He throws it like he's one of those sinkers He throws like high in the zone uh, Doesn't get a lot of swings and misses uh, Doesn't get a ground ball rate So it, w- it wasn't a very good pitch This year he's, he's decreased it from 38.1 to 29.4 And he doubled the use of that fantastic splitter Which is what he's known for And the best thing about the splitter Is he throws it at the same exact Release point as his fastball It looks like his fastball coming out Of his hand except it's coming at you Like um, 795 RPMs less Nine miles per hour less and it just dives And dies in the strike zone And that's his best pitch so now he's basically Coming at you with that you know that four seam um, and, and split finger That is just impossible um, To deal with And he's at a 226 ERA 253 FIP so again, a legit on top of legit in the second half. And I think that he will be a gold mine next year because there will be people that I don't think are going to give him his full due because he has so many question marks, you know, besides from injuries and the drugs, and I says the drugs that make it seem like he has a drug problem. I don't mean that. <laughs> uh, but I think there'll be a discount on him still. There'll be a major jump up. Um, there were there's been some question marks. Um, On twitter about like are you willing to take him at his helium and I said absolutely because I don't think his helium is going to take him as high as it probably should and I think they'll actually still be a good amount of ceiling still on top of where you can get him I don't think you're taking him at his true floor by any means because there are some question marks here but Frankie Montas Absolutely as of right now i would say he's going to be one of my this year was corbin burns and zach wheeler that were the top of my list uh, frankie montas i get the feeling will be one of my guys next year depending on how much respect he gets but the same as uh, some picture we talked about earlier i think there'll be a lot of trendier names that maybe take him take over that get taken over him and i'll i'll be able to get him at just the right discount where i'm happy to grab him every time
2: I'm really intrigued to see where he does go. And, um, you know, you, you laid it all out. I mean, you know, it's the first time that he's going to have this amount of innings in his life. He's going to pitch over 180 innings in the regular season this year. Who knows if any beyond that, um, you know, it, and, and that's what uh, like a common theme as we go through these episodes is that's, what's going to give me a little bit of trepidation is wherever he does go is going to be the top of his market. That said, You've got one of these kind of uh, catch-22 people pulling in both ways here because a large part of the market will also be saying what I'm saying here and that um, he's never done this before, the injury history, all the drugs – uh, just All but, the drugs, know, <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really weird. It's gonna be it's gonna leave him as a bit of an enigma to me. But I'm interested to see the price. That's what's just so interesting to me, and I cannot wait to see these draft results. Is where these guys are gonna go. Where hey, the market people itself. like
1: you are gonna make me love Montas. If everyone thought the way I did, <laughs> I couldn't think the way I do because I right. love them because I acknowledge. The question marks, and I'm willing to overlook them at what I'm hoping will be a discount. If he's the discount's not there, I'm off. My enthusiasm is tied to people putting more weight in the question marks than I do. I acknowledge that they're there completely. I'm not ignoring them. I'm, right. I'm just hoping to take advantage of a discount. So, like you, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I'm excited to see where he goes because I think. Me, I think based on what you're saying Because you're real sharp And you're having question marks I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people have those question marks And I'm willing to take him at that discount Because yeah, without it, I can't, I can't go there
2: <laughs> So it's kind of the crowd thing for you Like when I was in high school I loved the movie Anchorman with Will Ferrell When it came out, I thought it was hilarious All of a sudden, everybody in school was quoting every line from that movie. And I'm like, you know what? I'm out on anchor, man. I can't hear this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, as that, true. I- <laughs> it's not as fun.
1: You know, it's, it's funny. Like, yeah, if you like something and no one else does, you're like, feel disrespected. But then when everyone does, it's like, oh, well, this isn't fun anymore.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. That's how I am
1: with it. <laughs> uh, so hey, that's Frankie Montas. Um, my own, probably the most interesting picture in this tier of guys we're talking about. Uh, next guy we're going to mention is Zach Eflin. Man, he had a ton of helium I didn't understand it at all I had zero shares Granted, I'm a Mets fan who doesn't like the Phillies um, But again, that doesn't stop me from taking Phillies I had Bryce Harper um, everywhere and Man, that has worked out But Zach Uflin, I didn't get it Still don't, he's been terrible (laughs) Um, Is there anything That uh, you saw coming into the year That you still like? I mean, his walk rate is fantastic um, his right. strikeout rate went down from 28 to 22 his walk rate uh cut in half as well though 6.1 to 3.6 which is man if i'm not mistaken one of the best rates in all of baseball but I think that's pretty much all he has going for him
2: yeah there's a lot of inconsistency here just kind of over the years with the k and walk numbers and stuff and now of course what what is the injury cuz he's he's done for the year i think oh yeah i'd I'd, li-
1: um, I'd lie if i if i said i knew because i don't pay attention it's bad, to him. Bad.
2: Uh, he tore the patellar tendon in his knee, actually. Ooh, so that's, that's really, really rough. Yeah. Now so he's probably now feel,
1: gonna now I feel bad making fun of
2: him. <laughs> well, he's probably gonna, I think this is gonna put him at six to eight months for recovery here. So um, oh yeah, he's he's probably missing into at least May of next year. Now coming back from a knee injury is obviously better than an arm injury, but um that's enough.
1: Is it his plant leg?
2: That's a good question. Um Right knee so That would be no So yeah so
1: I don't think that's as um, bad Right it's you know what's funny Uh It may not matter (laughs) hey doctors Listening to the show because I know a lot of you do Because you comment on the show let me know If that matters because this is me using my own Common sense where I assume the plant leg would be Worse because it would affect your mechanics more Um, I would assume it being non It being the non uh, plant leg That it wouldn't affect him as much um, Because it's just not as it's just not something that is vital to his mechanics. But I, I
2: mean, shout out to that... Nick Savali. We'll get Nick Savali to chime in here. Yeah,
1: Nick Savali, let us know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the um, yeah we'll we'll see. Hey, I say Aaron Savali, one of my favorite picks next year. So Nick Savali, <laughs> oh, jump, jump in here and, and let us know about Zach Eflin. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's a question mark. We'll have to know more about his injury. Moving on to Jordan Montgomery, who he was. Uh, <laughs> I again to to beat a dead horse. A very trendy pick coming into this year. Uh, he along with God, there was someone else going in that same area that I want to say. John Means. Yeah, John Means, yeah. John Means and Jordan Montgomery were basically going in the same area. And obviously, John Means (laughs) took it to a different level. Um, and you know, threw that no-hitter and 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 he was someone that kind of uh you know. Was the better pick of the two, even though he was out for a long time. Jordan Montgomery is someone who got completely forgotten about, was off to a really rough start. All in all, he's been sneaky good. He has 138 and yep. a third innings, 371 ERA, 363 FIP. So, um, very legitimate, a little better than possibly you've seen on TV. Um, his his uh, X FIP is 404, which is interesting because his home runs per nine is only 0.98, which is actually very good. Um, his home run to fly ball Ratio is 10.6 which is A tad low um, I'm guessing They're just adjusting that up to league average but it's Nothing out of the ordinary but Yeah again all in all he, he's been very Very solid this year I think he'll be In the same spot he was um, Last year he was piped up This year in theory He should be taken higher because um, You know he the previous Two years six seven five year Five one five one one ERA and everyone Was drafting him based on like those peripherals And him improving and he kind of Did what you were hoping he'd do right I don't know if people mm-hmm. have unrealistic expectations But doesn't it feel like he's been completely Forgotten about even though he kind of delivered Exactly if not better yes. than what People were expecting
2: Yes this guy is the number One rostered pitcher For me this season actually I had uh, About 50% um, Him on my roster so I think he has nailed – I'm with you. Yeah, he did exactly what I was expecting uh, in a tough ballpark. Um, I love the trajectory that he's taking here, and I don't know that he – I think he maybe just goes right around the same area next year because I don't know that he did – I don't know what people were wanting or they wanted him to take some kind of step forward like John Means. There were certainly more helium and thoughts about John Means and hot takes about Means out there um but i'm i'm still in on jordan montgomery for sure i think this is a maturing pitcher you know he's going to be 29 by the start of next season so um i like it i'll be in on him again i don't think i'll have quite as much as i did this year that was just because he was so talked about and stuff coming into this year and i thought a good value but yeah we'll see where he goes heading into next year but i'm i'm definitely still going to be in on him i'm i like him a lot
1: Hey, call back to my article again frankie montas was in it on how i I love to target pitchers that are above average and all those key metrics I like in plate discipline. Again, O-swing, which is the swings outside of the strike zone, Z-contact, which is contact within the strike zone, and swinging strike rate. I like John Means and Jordan Montgomery specifically last year, and I talked about them everywhere because they were above league average in all three of those um, categories, and you, no one going that late does that. And again, you, Jordan, we know what John Means did this year But Jordan Montgomery, 35.5% O-swing League average is 31.2 uh, Z-contact, his is 81.2% The league average is 84.6 Two green check marks um, The league average in swinging strikeout is 11.2 His is 13.6 Again, he kicked the ass of league average In those three vital areas that I love So, and his is CSW is 28.6 Which is maybe, um, you know, a touch below I guess league average, but is perfectly fine. I, I like Jordan Montgomery a ton. I, he, he's uh, I do have him a lot of shares like you did. And I'm very happy to gotten what I have. If you're like a head to head league person, I can get maybe being annoyed if you go through like a, a, you know, a sad stretch, but in Roto, you know, you're, you're, you're getting, you're getting the, you know, pretty much the season long aspect. And he's, (laughs) he's been solid. So Jordan Montgomery, again, if you liked him last year, you should like him again. If you're off him last year, um, you know, here's the proof. He's he's done it yet again. It's a tough division, and you know it's the Red Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays are always going to hit. Camden Yards is always going to be sucked to pitch at. Yankee Stadium is always going to suck to pitch at. I mean, there's there's things that are always going to be keeping him a little bit back. But with the DH probably coming to the National League, that'll even things out from as far as National League pitchers getting any kind of edge. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, uh, I think, circle him because I think he'll be in for probably another discount um if for some reason everyone in the world decides to acknowledge everything we're saying about him it could easily be the opposite (laughs) because i'm not expecting there to be a massive jump i kind of am thinking this is the pitcher he is as long as he's pitching on the yankees can we agree on that i could see a further step but i think three seven six era i mean i i think you just take that but i don't think you can expect more
2: it's kind of like uh what You said with Tyler Molly. I mean, I think there's more ceiling there, obviously. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think this is what I expect from Montgomery going forward.
1: All right. So the next pitcher on our list, we do we don't have to talk about James Paxton. Um, He was off my list. Same as Corey Kluber. I never draft him again. I don't know his career is probably. I mean, no. I feel real bad for him. I don't don't want to diminish anything. It's a real you know real life, uh, and I feel real bad. But um, this is a long. Show that we have right now James Paxton's Career might be over there's definitely no reason To believe in him for fantasy baseball Uh, Did I say anything incorrect Brian
2: Nope I am uh, On board will not will not be having Any Paxton unfortunate for him Though
1: all right sorry big maple Um, But moving on to Freddie Peralta Who I am proud to say I had Shares on every team By accident because I going into this year thought that innings would be an issue, and therefore I tried to get a lot of elite middle relievers that I thought could come in and uh, steal a bunch of victories, <laughs> and that's why I grabbed Freddie Peralta, who obviously ended up being a starter and an incredible one at that. So, uh, to, you know, to no credit of my own, well, I mean, I did draft him because he was quality, but you know, I ended up getting more than I bargained for: two five seven ERA, .95 whip, hundred eighty one strikeouts. With 133 innings uh, The major bump in innings could be the only problem And they're already giving him a little bit of an innings issue down the stretch Even though yesterday he had a fantastic game He's near the lead, lead in expected batting average Top 2%, pretty much every expected data point 34.1% strikeout rate 265 expected ERA to go along with his 257 ERA He's about as legitimate as you can be
2: yeah, this is, um, this is this is going to be interesting. I mean, we already talked about Montas being one of the names that really flies up the boards. Where does Freddy Peralta go? I mean, he's been so dominant. That .95 whip, I had no idea. That's insane. Um, I was not heavily invested this year just because, you know, I drafted a lot throughout the offseason. We were thinking more reliever for a large portion of that. I was wrong. He is amazing. It's been a great season for him and the Brew Crew. Where does he go? I just want to know where his market settles because I think I mean he just flies up the draft board. Where does he get considered here?
1: I'm wondering I the innings didn't really hold Corbin Corbin Burns back. Um so right. I think that you know, maybe and he was going basically at the third round, fourth round turn. Um, in mode, no, no, fourth, fifth round turn, right? No, 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 third, fourth, Uh, yeah, yeah. The three, four turn is where he was going. Um, Not that I expect Peralta to be there. I I expect him in the Montas area, to be honest, um, which I think might be fourth, fifth, sixth, anywhere in that area. I would say probably he'll be towards the front of that. Innings will be a thing that people hold against him, maybe slightly, but again, again, there was plenty of people, like I said, like Burns, they didn't hold it against either. He has a walk issue, which. Again, you you said that .95 whip You you Mm -hmm. take that along with a 2.19 BABIP And a 3.65 walks per nine Which is a 10.2% walk rate And you gotta think That there is some regression coming I mean, metrically Everything is backed up He has a 2.57 area and a 3.06 fit Maybe you can call that a wash Um, But again, all these numbers are so low That even if he regresses entirely Which a lot of people will I think will talk about That he'll regress but I think some people overlook a regression or put so much in terms of regression that you forget that even if he regresses completely, um, his, his numbers will still be fantastic. So I don't know. Um, his, his left on base percentage uh, is usually in the, you know, for the last few years was 68, 64, 67. It's now up to 80, but 80 is nothing crazy. Another thing that could maybe regress to his career norms. So I think the name of the game in the offseason For analysts will be regression For Freddie Peralta, which would make sense I mean, who the heck repeats two five seven ERAs Not many people Um, But I think that If that is the narrative that drags His name further than it can be, I'll be in Um, There are plenty of question Marks here though, my gut feeling is uh, There's too much good To see here, that I think that Will overcome anyone trying to bury Him in regression Uh, There's everything you want to see Here is good the only problem is For me that those metrics I like to look at his O Swing is actually like three or four ticks below League average Um, he is Getting a lot of that in zone swing and miss The 14% swing strike rate 77.6 Z contact he just Has amazing stuff So it's All guessing where he'll go I say That um, he'll probably Be drafted a little too early for me uh, but I fully acknowledge he's this good, so I don't know I'm, he, He's probably the pitcher that confuses me the most And I got to see where everyone else values him Because I think he's, he's just as good as we are seeing now Absolutely, I mean in 2020 he had a 399 ERA and a 241 fifth So you can obviously argue that, it, and that was only 29 innings But you could say we could certainly have seen this coming um, if he was going to get the uh, the ball. And I can only imagine how early he would have gone if during the entire offseason he was going to be a starting pitcher. So there's so many like moving parts. Um, I'm rambling though. <laughs> so, Brian, uh, give me your thoughts on probably maybe the most interesting pitcher we've talked about so far. I-,
2: I think his market may be around where Corbin Burns went last year. I think that's kind of what we're going to see. Um, he's going to top out and, you know, around 150 innings this year, or actually, yeah. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, 140, 150 innings. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. That doesn't seem to be a thing that people worry about all that much. So I, I think all bets are off. I think he's going to be taken very, very highly. Um, I could I could see him in that 3-4 turn, to be honest with you. I think that's what people are going to do.
1: I, if that's the case, I think I'm out.
2: I think I might be too. Yeah, I, I think I probably would be too. Sometimes just because of playing volume, I like to take a couple of – Shares or so with a guy like that because you never know, but generally, yeah, I would probably be out on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, we'll see. Again, not discounting his ability at all. Uh, Jamison Tyon, uh, any any thoughts there? Uh, he was another trendy guy who I was out on just because um, I needed to see Tommy it more. John. He's obviously, yeah,
2: yeah, I'm not interested. Um, you know the situation he's in. <clears throat> excuse me, he'll be another year removed from Tommy John. Um, that which is a reason to maybe buy back in a little bit. There's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's going to be much clamoring for him, but this is one of the guys I mentioned earlier him and Kluber that people seem to be like he was inflated with the end with the return from the surgery, as if people were like, Hey, remember this guy? Um, I mean, I didn't fall for it, I don't know why people would have done that really, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'd be more intrigued in him next year, but I, I'm not probably not going to have much of him.
1: He was he was essentially the same kind of pitcher he was for his career this year. I mean, he's thrown um, 138 innings, 23.4% K rate, 7.2% walk rate. I mean, up up until 2019, he was 20.3 in K rate, 21.3, 22.8 walk rate, 4.1, 7.8, 5.9. <clears throat> so I mean, I don't know. He's kind of the pitcher he was. So if you think he's the you know one year further removed, and you think he can be closer to that 2018, we had the 3.2 ERA, 3.46 FIP. Then yeah he could be a nice value so um, I don't know I, I think there'll be people That probably zone in on that and circle Him as a sleeper for next year uh, We'll see where he ends up going but it's impossible To tell right now uh, Chris Bassett obviously took the uh, You know the unfortunate uh, hit off of his Dome uh, yeah. very scary Moment glad to see that he is absolutely Okay uh, but pr- private To the, you know previous to that Um I don't want to say the best year of his career because in 2020 over 63 innings, he had the 229 ERA, but I would argue a 322 over 151 innings is far more impressive, especially with that 25.2% strikeout rate. So uh he took a massive step forward this year. Um,
2: any any love for
1: Chris Bassett?
2: Uh, he was amazing this year. Um, I feel so bad for the guy. And I, I was somewhat in on him. I mean, he was he had a very good 2020 in the COVID shortened season, and I think there's a lot of reason to like him um he's gonna move up I would imagine going into next year I mean he's you know not gonna be as sexy as the name of some of these other guys he is in a good situation being in Oakland um I I mean I think he comes back obviously from this situation he's in okay uh it's yeah it'll be interesting I'm I would buy back in and I'm really amazed at just how good he was this year Uh, that cavernous ballpark obviously so um As all these guys really interested to see the market, but I'd be willing to buy it back in on Bassett
1: Uh, The next guy up on the list was uh, Domingo Herman, who I will let you take because I think everyone knows by now I just have its personal preference. I have a do not draft assholes policy and he's on my (laughs) list So uh, tell us about Domingo Herman and any of your thoughts
2: I'm not going to be interested. I mean, there's really, as far as the skills and what you can expect as far as innings, I mean, there's just question marks all over this guy. And, you know, to even talking about that, like uh, not drafting assholes thing. So, you know, you have the moral side of it, which, you know, if that's your choice, that's obviously fine. Well, and before, then you also, if,
1: if you want to add this into your analysis, my, just to give my reason, it's very basic. I just, um, I do a lot of this for fun and money But, you know, a lot of it is you have to You're watching this a whole year And I do a lot of in-season I don't want to root for people I don't like Um, So I just don't um, get them I I figure there's enough players that I don't have a problem with Or do like that There's no reason for me to draft you If I have no desire to root for you Or hope that you do well Um, So that's, I mean, it's a very simple reason It's personal I have no problem with anyone doing anything different That's just my reason
2: Makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. When you have a lot of money on the line versus other things, yeah, that can make a difference, too. But but the other thing you have to think of, too, is literally as a practice, if you are going to draft guys like this is situations like that could recur. I mean, that's also question marks and risks in other parts of their lives. So, yeah, I'll probably be totally out on them for all of those reasons. Not really much else to say.
1: Uh, yeah, fair enough right there. Uh, Mike Soroka, which man, another guy to feel bad for. Yeah. Um, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, he was someone I was never going to be quite as high on because I thought that, you know, he's kind of like his counterpart, mm-hmm. um, Max Freed. I just didn't think he was gonna pick up enough strikeouts because of the kind of pitcher he is. Uh he was coming back from um he was coming back from an injury. He then re what was his two separate injuries? What is the did he hurt his is it his calf? Achilles?
2: No, it was his Achilles. Was that he was his... coming
1: back from right,
2: and right, and then his shoulder.
1: Oh, his shoulder. Yeah, the shoulder. Yeah. Um, while while coming back, and that ended up being the bigger issue. Um, he actually did re-injure his Achilles at one point, uh, but yeah, the other shoulder is the thing that actually ended up uh, ending his season. So, um, I'm not sure of his ETA as far as a return, but I'm not sure. I mean, you know, sorry to like, you know, again, this is a real person, but he he is someone that I I, I can't imagine ever taking bothered to take a flyer on because um, there's not a lot to suggest that uh, this he'll be a sound investment at least in fantasy.
2: Yeah, this is going to be tough sledding for him the next couple of years. He probably we're probably looking at at least mid next season for a return. He had that shoulder surgery in July, so. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really tough injury. So unfortunate for him because he was such a good young star, but yeah, I I will not be involved with him
1: fully, fully rooting for him. And again, I'm wearing my Mets hat as always, uh, fully rooting for him to come back and, and be, you know, be able to have a nice, um, a nice, you know, career where he can stick in the major leagues for a long time. So yeah, hopefully he can, uh, find a way back. It's a tough road, but he is young. Hopefully he can, um, you know, get through this and be stronger on the other side. Uh, Marco Gonzalez had the regression that everyone in the entire universe saw Coming uh, after last year when he posted a 23% strikeout rate after never coming Close to that really um, Had a 3-3-1 or had a 3-1 ERA didn't have a 3-3-2 FIP so nothing too crazy Comes back this year um, 403 ERA 5-3-9 FIP back to a 17 or back to an 18% Strikeout rate Um I don't know. He's Marco Gonzalez. I don't, I don't really right. have to add much else. I think he went from, from turbo Marco Gonzalez over a short season of 69 innings. And he turned back into Marco Gonzalez the next year.
2: Yeah. I, this season is obviously really concerning. And there was a lot of people still buying in. I mean, they were just sticking him right at that draft price as if they totally bought everything that happened in the COVID shortened season. I know SP streamer, Michael Simeone was a bit of a fan of him, And we talked about him here and there, but it, it sucks because I, I actually like Marco Gonzalez and his mindset and everything. But, yeah, that with these kind of results and the fact that he isn't really a fireballer, now the strikeout and walk numbers are too close together. I don't see who's drafting him next year, and I, I probably won't be doing it either. So,
1: Well, here's the thing, right? Um, in 2018, he had a 4 ERA. In 2019, he had a 399 ERA. And this year, he has a 403 ERA. <laughs> I think the 310 is an easy outlier Uh, The big issue for me is Over those years is his his ground ball rate Has gone from 45.4 To 44.9 To 40.7 To 37.6 To 31.7 I don't like that (laughs) I I, I mean his ground ball and his fly ball rate Has went from 30.1 to 38 To 41.1 to 46.1 That's not what you want to see as a pitcher ages Not that he's like father time or anything He's only 29 years old But that's not what you want to see out of a non-fireball pitcher um, so, uh, as we wrap things up the very last pitcher on the list, Eliezer Hernandez, uh, who had himself a heck of a, a small sample size in his own right, uh, in the, uh, in the last season and he's in that completely loaded change up, uh, change up riddled Miami Marlins, uh, he comes back, he's thrown 37 innings this season Um, And he's got like a 23.4% strike He's basically kind of the pitcher we had a glimpse at In uh, in 2019 Uh, He's a little closer to that than what we saw last year But obviously there's still some um, Some helium in there to be had for anyone still interested In him going into next year But he will be fighting for a roster spot A spot in the rotation in a very, very, very um all of a sudden crowded um rotation and he still has a very limited arsenal which was kind of the problem uh he had to begin with uh that you know he may be better suited for the bullpen not that they're hinting that he'll ever be doing that but that's that's always been his drawback
2: there was definitely some helium on him as we got closer and closer to the season last year and then trevor rogers kind of stole all that from him in the month of uh, march but yeah um with these injuries this year and the fact that there is a questionable rotation spot, it's going to be tough sledding for sure. He's a young pitcher. He's going to be developing. So I'm intrigued to see what he'll do or what they'll try with him over the next couple of years. And I certainly will not forget about him. uh, But I don't see as of right now, as we sit here in September of this year um, being involved with him too much, but young pitcher. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of see what's to come.
1: Um, all right, and that is the that is the last pitcher I mean, we, we spent a little bit through the end Because, uh, you know, we're excited We talked to the very, very interesting names in the top half We had to spend a lot of time on But that is 41 through 60 Again, we've been getting some good feedback on these shows Uh, We probably won't be doing another starting pitching show Because now we'll be really grasping at straws Uh, We will probably be moving on now to other positions And then maybe we'll do a best of the rest You know, maybe some really, really deep Deep uh, drafted people that did well But for now, I think we probably call this On the starting pitching uh, ADP review And preview for next year Uh, If you have any questions, definitely reach out to us But uh, Brian, if you could uh, remind everyone um, Where they can find all your work And, uh, you know, any other things you want to plug here before we end the show?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can follow me at Brian J. Seymour. Really amped it up this week and we'll continue to with the kind of evergreen tweets regarding fantasy baseball. Like I said, this is for me, this might sound backwards, but like we're entering for me one of my favorite times of the year. The season is wrapping up. Let's collect our winnings, see where we're at, and let's start planning for next year. And that means like league selection, which, as you know, Matt, is one of my big things, like league selection, where you're going to put things and how you're going to set things up for next year. And just kind of seeing this player pull take shape. I can't say how excited I am to start seeing some ADP and stuff like that. So um, I'll be sharing some thoughts there, engaging with everybody and stuff. So hit me up on Twitter.
1: And if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, if you don't already, I would be surprised if you're not, if you're listening to the show, because that's basically how you found out about it. M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Always glad to talk baseball as we're coming into the offseason. Next week, I don't know what we'll be doing. Uh, You know, whatever. (laughs) If you guys have a suggestion where you want us to start positional wise, you can always shout out the show and tell us where you want to go. But uh, we're going to probably continue on maybe position by position and uh maybe not spend three shows on each one maybe we will on the outfield but <laughs> probably won't
2: be necessary for the other ones <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah yeah overall we'll probably be doing like maybe uh one episode on each uh, position so thank you for listening to the turn Two podcast we'll be back next week with another uh adp uh review and preview uh, enjoy the rest of your week everyone
0: my oh my put me in coach i'm ready to play fantasy I know I turned two in that day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The ex-fipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curb But if I can't put it in the points man then what's it worth I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But well, what they call it Turn two Turn two What they do When leads. Catch out Catch out